Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyan. Today is number five in the series I'm teaching on theology. And we're talking today about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit being our advocate. But you know what the purpose is? So you can become an advocate too. And just as they help you, you can help others. Let's go to the Word of God today and find out about the ministry of the advocate. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It is great to have you here today. For those of you watching for the first time, welcome, glad you're here. For those watching for the 10th, 12th, 20th time, Thank you for being here. And for those of you who are just addicts for this program, I really thank you. In fact, you're the ones that just make this possible. And uh, thank you for your contributions. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for being a partner with me. And if there's anybody out there that would like to become a partner with me, I can't think of anybody better than me to become a partner with. Oh, there's some great ones out there. But anyway, I just appreciate it when people not only love the broadcast, but say, I want to help you get this to other people. You can become a partner of mine by going to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me. And I thank you in advance. Those of you who've even been contemplating and thinking about it, that you're going to act upon it and become a partner. You may not see the results in this life, but I can tell you in heaven, you're going to have people coming up to you from everywhere going, thank you for giving into Pastor Bob's ministry. I got saved watching it. Someone led me to the Lord. I then got a call on my life. I became a pastor. And then all the people that become out from under them that receive Jesus, you're going to have a part of that. So I thank you again. Again, that's Bobby Andian. Uh, go to my website, bobbyandian.com, and you'll be blessed to find out all the information that's on there, too, about all the uh, product that I have, as well as becoming a partner with me. I want to read here. This is from YouTube, and this is from Jeffrey. It says, this is awesome, Pastor Bob. Like always, thank you for posting all of your teachings. And we do post them on YouTube, and also we post them on gospeltruth.tv. That's Andrew Womack's network. And uh, so if you're looking for back ones and things, listen, these are great to listen to in the car. In fact, if you usually start, it'll go right into the next one, right into the next one. And for me, when I drive four or five hours, I just love to hear God's word. Can't get enough of it. So open up with me, if you would, today to Luke chapter 22. We've been taking up theology. We've been talking about uh, different aspects of theology, different parts of God, the redemption. Uh, for, we start out with theology, just the study of God and the difficultness of that. How do inferior creatures study a superior God? How do finite creatures study an infinite God? And so it's just been a great study in the word of God that we will never ever totally understand God even throughout all of eternity. The second thing we took up was the fall of man and how we got ourselves into this situation. And you didn't fall, you fell in Adam. And so you didn't sin, you sinned through Adam. Adam sinned for us. And so we found ourselves in this condition and we had no way out of it except through Jesus Christ. And the beauty of it is, is even though Adam got us into this mess and we had no choice in it, we have a choice to get out of it. And so we do by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The third we took up was faith for salvation. This is really honestly a simple thing, but there's still so much complexity in it. We have people today that think somehow in the Old Testament, they got saved by keeping the law and animal sacrifices. The point of it is no one has ever been saved by keeping the law. And and there's not one animal sacrifice that could take away sin. Their purpose was to teach about the one who can take away sin, and that is Jesus Christ. The fourth one we got into last time was unlimited atonement. The fact that Jesus Christ not only died for us, he died for everybody, not just a select group of people, but for everyone, so that whosoever will 
may come and drink of the waters of life freely. Today, we're going to take up the doctrine, the teaching of advocacy, that Jesus Christ is our advocate. And what does this simply mean from the word of God? And so we're going to be taking a look at Luke chapter 22, but let me just give you a small introduction here. An advocate is one who undertakes the cause of another. In the biblical meaning, advocacy represents divine enablement and assistance. And there, why? Because even after we're saved, we still need help and Jesus Christ is there to offer it. And so is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We have two advocates, to be honest with you. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. The New Testament Greek word for advocate is the word parakletos. It's found in John chapter 14 and verse 16, also in verse 26, in John chapter 15 and verse 26, and it means a counselor a legal helper, a defense attorney. And again, two persons of the Trinity are recognized as advocates for us. The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as believers confess their sins, he is our advocate. And so the Holy Spirit is also an advocate when we pray. So we had two advocates and Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry was an advocate for his own. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, this is he's speaking to Peter. Indeed, Satan has asked that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned it to me, strengthen your brethren. I want you to notice something here. Jesus, as our advocate, was speaking to Peter and said, listen, I know the plan Satan has for you. He wants to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have returned to me, in other words, this is going to be such a dramatic hit against you. You're going to turn from me, but you're going to return to me. And when you do strengthen your brethren, what's Jesus saying? The ministry of an advocate is not only for Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it's our ministry also. The stronger we get in God, we need to stand with others and help strengthen them in the Christian life. So each of us as believers have successes and failures. I've had plenty of failures. Believe me, I've had plenty of successes too. But we should personally learn from each of these and use them to instruct other people. Satan takes our sins before God for permission to try to attack our faith. As Jesus left, he promised he would give another advocate who would come. And of course, that advocate is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus works as a mediator for sinners and as an advocate for believers. In the Old Testament, we have a great story of this. Job saw the need for a mediator between God and man. And in Job chapter 9, Job is basically arguing with God. He had about up to here with all of his problems. And he just turned around and just released on God and took it out on him. And what he's saying is, you know what the trouble is? You're superior God. I'm an inferior man. How in the world can we possibly come together? And he says this in Job chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. In other words, God has at least a thousand questions I don't even have an answer for. And then he comes to the reason why in verse 32 and verse 33. For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, and that we should go to court together, nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. The ministry of a mediator here, speaking in these terms, is an advocate. A mediator is like that defense attorney that stands there with you. He said, oh, if there was just a mediator that could put one hand on God and put one hand on man and pull the two impossibilities together, but I guess that'll never happen. But the point of it is it has happened. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the mediator between God and mankind, but he's also that one that stands between us 
fights for us. Again, Jesus Christ came to be an advocate for us, and now he's in heaven as our advocate. In the New Testament, Jesus is still the mediator for sinners. This is found in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6. Not only does he stand between me and God as a believer, he also stands between God and all mankind as a uh, mediator so that people can come to find Jesus as Lord and Savior. 1 Timothy 2, 6 says this, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. I love how he phrases that. He's the man Christ Jesus. Notice this, even as a human being, he's still our mediator. He's the God man. Notice this, he stands between God and man and called the man Christ Jesus. As Christ, he is equal with God. But as Jesus, he's equal with me. And he can unite the two impossibilities. I want you to notice between me and God is not Buddha. Mohammed doesn't stand between me and God. Joseph Smith doesn't stand between me and God. It is Jesus Christ because he's the only mediator. I talked to a woman on an airplane one time and she was arguing with me. She was a professor of a very large university and would argue with me about Jesus Christ, how arrogant it was that he thought and even said he was the only mediator between God and man. I said, but what if it's not arrogance? What if it's truth? What if Jesus Christ didn't say it to be arrogant? He's telling it because he knows it's the absolute truth. I said, what he did say, I am the way, the truth, and life. And what are you going to do one day if you find out Jesus Christ was right and there wasn't one ounce of arrogance in him? He was just telling us that, telling us, I'm the way to save us going down 50 or 60 wrong roads. He's the one who came and told us he's the way, the truth, and the life. So one of Jesus' ministries on earth was that of an advocate. And by the use of the word alas, which means another of the same kind, Jesus implied his own ministry on earth as shown to Peter included being an advocate. Not only is the Holy Spirit an advocate, but Jesus Christ himself. And when Jesus left, he would be replaced by a permanent advocate. Jesus and the ministry he had here on earth was temporary. He's now gone to heaven. And now the advocate that he was on earth has been replaced by the Holy Spirit. John 14 verses 16 and 17 says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another, alas, another of the same kind. He's not a different one than me. He's another of the same kind. He says, I will give you another helper. And the word here for helper is that word parakletos. I will give you another advocate so he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. And this verse is referring to the fact that the Holy Spirit we have as our helper is a permanent helper. Jesus could only be with us for a while. In fact, if of his earthly ministry of 33 years, only three of those years was he actually working with people, spreading the gospel, preparing himself to go to the cross, be the redeemer of the world. And so as he stood here in that place, he knew he was only temporary and had to bring in the presence and the power of the eternal Holy Spirit. And yet when he went to heaven, Jesus still is an advocate for us as the Holy Spirit is also an advocate for us. So as a legal attorney in heaven, Jesus Christ now functions as our advocate. And the present advocacy ministry and work of Jesus Christ is known in the scriptures as his unfinished work. In other words, he finished his work on earth, but he will not complete and finish his work in heaven. He will be there forever on our account, pleading at the right hand of the Father, standing in the way of Satan, even and throughout all of eternity when we have resurrection bodies, we can still look to Jesus Christ and be thankful to him without his work, standing with one hand on God and one hand on man, uniting the two impossibilities. Why could he put one hand on God? Because he is God. 
Why could he put one hand on man? Because he is man and only Jesus Christ could take a righteous God and fallen man and bring the two impossibilities together to where now I can call God my father, Jesus Christ my brother, and also lean on him as my advocate in heaven. So again, Jesus Christ's advocacy in heaven about the believer's sin is so complete and perfect that he will always have the title, Jesus Christ the Righteous. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, Jesus said, My little children, these things I write to you so you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I can tell you this, since I've been born again, I've sinned. I've done things wrong, but thank God I have an advocate in heaven who fights for me, my defense attorney, Jesus Christ himself. When we come back after the break, we'll talk more about the advocacy ministry of Jesus Christ and how that not only is Jesus Christ our advocate, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. We have two advocates that fight for us, one in heaven, one on earth. We'll see you when we come back. Bible doctrines are easy to understand. They only seem difficult because they often come disguised as complicated or deep sounding concepts, but their explanations are simple. In Theology Simplified, Volume 2, Bob Yandian breaks down eight more foundational doctrines that will bring strength and stability to your Christian life. Twelve messages include the Bible doctrines of advocacy, the church, dispensations, the fall of man, the study of God, the judgments, faith for salvation, and unlimited atonement. These 12 episodes from the Student of the Word broadcasts are available as audio CDs, video DVDs, or both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Theology Simplified Volume 2, visit our website at bobyandian.com. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, The Wisdom of God's Word, the Merchandise of Wisdom, Wisdom, Riches, and Honor, and Jesus, Our Wisdom. To order Importance of the Word, go to bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We're going to take a look at uh, two verses of Scripture, verse 26 and verse 27, and talk about that the Holy Spirit is also our advocate in heaven. You know, Jesus left and said he would turn us over to a permanent advocate here in this earth. But the point of it is the Holy Spirit has also found his presence in heaven. Why? He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. And the point of it is he's not in heaven sitting down doing nothing. No, he's an advocate for us in heaven also. 
And so I want you to take a look with me here in uh, Romans chapter eight. The advocacy ministry of the Holy Spirit is of intercession and direct assistance to us. He stands as an intercessor between us and God, and again, as an advocate. And so his ministry on earth is to be with us, but he stands with us in power when we go to the Lord in prayer, and especially in those times when we don't know for what to pray as we ought. Romans chapter eight, look, take a look at verse 26 and 27. Look at this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit also helps our weaknesses. Well, who else is helping us? Jesus Christ, and now we have the Holy Spirit also. He's also helping our weaknesses. Why? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. I can tell you this, when you're young in the Lord, just about every prayer is you don't know how to pray as you ought. You're in a whole new world. It seems like you're lost at times, wondering where to, how to even start a prayer. And, uh, you know, or else you end up trying to overpray everything. You end up interceding over your meal for 30 minutes while everybody else wants to eat. The point of it is, is we all face these problems, but the Holy Spirit not only is here on earth to help us, but he also helps to get our prayers through to the Father. It goes on to say in that verse of scripture again, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that can't even be uttered. This is talking about praying in tongues, but it's also the fact there's times we get caught up in things we don't even know where to begin in prayer. We just groan under the weight of the problem we are in, and we don't even know where to start. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. This is God the Father. He searches our hearts, but he knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit has a plan to get us out of this because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I don't even know the will of God sometimes, but I serve one who stands beside me as an intercessor and an advocate who is going to pray for me according to the will of God. So basically what this verse of scripture is saying is we have two intercessors in heaven to take up our cause on two different occasions. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, Jesus in our, is our intercessor when we know how to pray. And when we ask for forgiveness of sins or we stand in for a certain need, we pray for someone else. When we know how to pray, Jesus is our intercessor. But in Romans chapter 8, the two verses we just read, 26 and 27, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor when we don't know how to pray as we ought. You know what this verse is simply saying? You're covered when you know how to pray and you're covered when you don't know how to pray. The problems of life are overwhelming, and oftentimes we don't even know where to begin because a believer still sins after salvation. An advocate is needed in heaven for us. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin, we know we do, and we know we've sinned, but we just want to kind of ignore it and push it out of the way. If we say we have no sins, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Satan accumulates a sin file through demons on every believer and periodically accuses the believer in heaven as a prosecuting attorney. In each case, Jesus is our advocate. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Job chapter one, verses six through 11, Job was accused in heaven before the father. Zechariah chapter three, verse 
verses one and two. Joshua the high priest was accused in heaven by Satan and in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, Satan desired Peter to sift him as wheat, but Jesus prayed for him. Jesus Christ is retained as the believer's defense attorney. Notice the prosecuting attorney is Satan. But Jesus Christ is retained as the believer's defense attorney in the court of heaven, and he takes up our defense in every single case. The basis for our Lord's defense is that all our sins were judged at the cross in him by God the Father, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, and 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 3, 18. Under the law of double jeopardy, those sins can never be judged again, and the believer is defended in heaven from Satan. This is Romans chapter 6 and verse 10. So God the Father throws every case out of court, Zechariah chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Instead of a court matter, the sins of the believer then become a family matter, and that's when God goes to correction and even to divine discipline, but we're never turned over to Satan because of our sins unless we refuse to repent. But when we repent, there is no way Satan's going to have any toehold in our life. This is all found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 about the fact that believers then become a family matter for correction and divine discipline. So with two defense attorneys, what should our attitude be in life? Well, if I got two defense attorneys and, and one prays for me and stands with me when I don't know how to pray, the other stands with me when I do know how to pray, I'm covered under every circumstance. Romans chapter 8, verses 30 through 39. Please follow me in this, would you? Moreover, whom he predestined, this is God has a plan for us, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. I want you to notice this. God has called us, God has justified us, and God has also glorified us. Listen to me very carefully. I'm already called. When I got born again, God gave me a calling, and he justified me. I've now become born again and justified before God. But once you notice something also, whom he justified, those he also glorified. What does that mean? Glorified is a resurrection body. When I get glorified, I'm going to have a body just like Jesus Christ. But God says here, just as much as your calling is a done deal, and just as much as you being justified is a done deal, how about you being glorified? It's a done deal. But I don't even have a resurrection body yet. Well, there was a time you had no calling. There was a time you were not justified, but God still saw it as a done deal. Notice every one of these things is past tense. He called me, he justified me, and now also he's glorified me, and I ain't been glorified yet. I don't have a resurrection body yet. So what's this verse saying? It's a done deal. It's a promise deal. There's no way it's not going to come to pass. What does that mean? If God sees me in heaven right now, four billion years from now, in a resurrection body, standing before the throne of God, then apparently I'm going to come through this little problem in my life, and somehow I'm going to come through the next problem in my life, and the next problem in my life, what's it simply saying, what shall we then say to these things? No, that's the next phrase. What shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against me? If I look at circumstances, financial problems, health problems, I'm in a lawsuit, all these things are coming against me. I can simply say to all of these things, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. Bank account, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. Why? Because God not only has called me and justified me, he's also glorified me and it's gonna come to pass. I have a guarantee I will be in heaven in a glorified body. If God's for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely 
give us all things. I'm in the midst of a problem, but the same God that got me born again freely, gave me salvation freely, has delivered me through every problem freely, is gonna bring me through this one also freely. So who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Satan does. This is that attorney that comes against us, the prosecuting attorney. So who shall bring a charge against God's elect? This is Satan who tries. It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? That's Satan again. It's Christ who died or even more is also risen, who is even right now at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Here we go. We've got an intercessor, an intercessor, an advocate, an advocate. We've got so much help in heaven. How could we possibly lose? So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? The answer is no. How about distress? No. How about persecution? No. How about famine? Lack of food? No. How about nakedness? Lack of clothing? No. How about peril, impending peril, so much you, you, you shake in fear. It says, no. How about sword, war? No, I don't care what comes against me as it is written. For your sake, it seems like we're killed all the day long and accounted sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all of these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded. You know, folks, we need to get to a place where you're just persuaded that the more we read the word of God, we realize something I can't lose. As long as I'm in fellowship with God, I have no unconfessed sin in my life. I'm walking on his promises, following to the best of my ability, the Holy Spirit. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, powers nor things present, things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. So as intercessors, now we can also become advocates for other believers. What I learned from Jesus, what I learned from the Holy Spirit. Again, Luke 22, verse 32, Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, now you begin to strengthen your brethren. What I learned from the Holy Spirit, what I learned from Jesus Christ, I need to apply in my own life. So each of us as believers have successes and failures. And when we return from failure, we all have a responsibility to help other believers. Galatians chapter six, verses one through five says this, brethren, if a man be overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest also you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. There it is. We're advocates too. There it is. We're helpers too. Just like Jesus is with us, the Holy Spirit is with us, we can become that to other believers. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Because if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's really nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own works and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Then each one shall bear his own load. The purpose of this verse is simply saying when we have friends around us, Christian friends around us who are under a load that seems like they can't bear, we need to get under there and help them and to, to bear it back up to where they can become again self-sufficient. God's purpose in the Christian life is for every believer to become self-sufficient. But you know what? That just doesn't come as we stand there and suddenly become that way. No, we need help from others, help from the Holy Spirit, help from Jesus, help from the word. All these things are given to, unto us so we can become spiritually self-sustaining. So the beauty of it is 
we can now begin to pray for others, stand for others, become an advocate for them. James 5 verses 14 and 15 says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Not only does it come to the area of just troubles and trials of life, whenever a person is sick, I love this Greek word for sick. Is there any sick, tired, weak among you? then let the elders pray for them and the prayer of faith will save the sick, the Lord will raise him up. And so we need to be there to pray for people because God can deliver somebody else through my simple faith, my simple prayer. You know what? Thank God for the ministry of an advocate. Jesus Christ has it, the Holy Spirit has it, but you have it too. Why don't you begin to work in it? See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.